I'll show you politics in America. Here it is, right here. I think the puppet on the right shares my beliefs. I think the puppet on the left is more to my liking. Hey, wait a minute. There's one guy holding up both puppets. Shut up. Go back to bed, America. Your government is in control. Read my lips. Just send your cash. There has never been so many lies, so much deception. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't anyone notice this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. (laughs) Please clap. It's time for the Mike Madison Show, a new breed of conservative talk. Now, here's your host, Mike Madison. Showtime! All right, good morning. Welcome to the Mike Madison Show here at 103.9 WYAB. I am your host, Mike Madison. Uh, I'm just looking at my notes. Lots to get to today. It's an interesting time. There is so much going on right now, but it doesn't really seem like much is happening. I think that's really probably very indicative of any campaign season. There's a whole lot of rhetoric. A whole lot of people are going viral with this or that. Apparently Vivek, Vivek, Vivek Ramaswamy got caught using the bathroom on a live stream on X. You know what I mean? It's like there's... There's lots of different headlines going on. Some of it we'll talk about today. But not a whole lot actually happening. Things that would actually change our lives. Maybe sometimes there's just a warm-up to that kind of stuff. The pieces have to get into place, right? Anyway, we'll we'll talk a little, little bit about that. But, I mean, you know, don't get me wrong. People are still dying in mass uh, in Gaza right now. Really horrific stories coming from that place, and I'll probably talk about that some tomorrow. But here domestically, we're still kind of living the dream or the nightmare, depending on where you are in the pecking order these days. I saw a meme. I, I love this. You know, it's a bit of gallows humor. I saw a meme. It said, paid rent. Now I have a place to starve. <laughs> And I, I mean, I got to tell you, I cannot stress enough how important a sense of humor is in trying times. I, I went through a pretty, pretty brutal breakup of my marriage uh, years ago. And I, believe me, I was Debbie Downer to some of my friends who would listen to me as it was first cranking up. But I got to tell you, I found a lot of bright spots in there, too. A lot of ways to have fun. I may tell some stories about ways I... <laughs> Some of the things I did while this horrific thing was happening in my life. But, you know, I plan on being the funniest, most upbeat guy at my FEMA camp. I'll just put it that way. I'm kind of looking forward to the new audience. And, and I, I can't understand people. You know, you run into people all the time who just don't have a sense of humor. And, and I'm not really even mad at them. You know, there's all kinds of different people. It's just always interesting to me. I, I can't imagine living without... The ability to laugh at a whole lot of stuff because, boy, taking life too seriously, particularly in this day and age, I think that's a killer. Now, I understand the shots are causing myocarditis and pericarditis and all kinds of heart inflammation and and, uh, blood clots. But if you don't have a sense of humor, I think those things are probably more likely to get you. So even if you are a COVID shot victim, uh, keep a smile on your face and try to lighten up a little bit. You know, this was the thing that 
this was the worst thing really about the left to me. You, you think about all of the things that the left has turned into over the past 10 years. Really a lot of, a lot of strange things. Very, very bizarre. But I will say, I think the worst development of the left in the last 10 years is they lost their sense of humor. The left used to be the creative ones, the kind of funky ones, the, the funny ones, the comedians, the artisans. And they have become shrieking intolerant people. It's a very sad thing. Don't become one of those people, no matter how serious life gets. I got it. the image of the decade. I'm, I'm going to play this. Almost pointless to play it, but I'm going to do it anyway, just for my own joy. And I'll narrate this. This is a video. I, I got to tell you, I've got some fellow travelers when it comes to the French. It's just bizarre for me to think, because back when I was a Kool-Aid drinking, neocon, warmongering Republican back in the 1990s, I was told the French are the cowards, right? You remember that? we Because they would not join us in the lie that sent us into the war in Iraq. For those of you around in 2003, we decided to call French fries freedom fries. We made fun of the French. It turns out they were right and we were wrong. Well, the French, even though they have, they did stoop, they did allow their country to devolve in some horrible socialism and have had some horrific leaders over there, but name a government who hasn't. Uh, some of the people in France are certainly my spirit animals. My spirit animal now is the French farmer. And I'll, I'll play a little clip here. It's only about 11 seconds long. It's basically just a sound effect as I narrate exactly what's going on in France right now. Ah. <laughs> what you are listening to is the sound of French farmers who have giant dump trucks out in front of government buildings. Now, let me stress this to you. It's a big point of the Mike Madison show. They're not attacking uh, their fellow countrymen. They have gone to government buildings. Giant dump trucks are dumping huge piles of manure, uh, crap, waste onto the ground in front of these government buildings. And then one of the trucks picks it up and then sprays it all over the building. It's just one of the most beautiful things. And this is happening repeatedly. And when I say they're spraying it on the building, I'm not talking about a little trickle down the sidewalk. I'm talking about a sprayer arm that is covering the side of this government building in animal waste. So they are literally throwing manure at government buildings to protest high taxes in the farming sector. This was in front of the DDTM buildings in Quimper to express their general contempt for government trying to squeeze them out of business via taxes and regulations. Boy, if Americans ever actually decided we were tired of being squeezed out of our cushy lifestyles that we deserve here, those of us who work hard, because of taxation and endless regulation. I, I, you know, I've said it many times, all the protests, you go to Washington, D.C., you're not at the right places. <laughs> Imagine, January 6th would have been even more impressive to me. You know, I don't, would a January 6th have gotten in trouble if they had just pulled up the farmers or pulled up their combines or their, their trucks and hosed down the entire Capitol building in animal filth? It would have been a, it would have been a much more beautiful sight to see. I wanted to play this, boy, you. Look, I'm a libertarian guy. 
Well, on conservative radio, it's, it's a very strange thing because there's this new movement of people who saw a libertarian, an actual real-life libertarian for the first time in the history of planet Earth. Well, oh yeah, I take that back. I believe the Founding Fathers were libertarians. But certainly in modern times, the first national leader, Javier Mille, was elected to Argentina and conservatives cheer for him. A lot of people say, oh, he's like Trump, although he's nothing ideologically really like Trump as far as this guy is. He has all the credentials to be a real libertarian. And so conservatives are cheering for this. And I've heard this, I don't know how many times. Why can't we have someone like that here? (laughs) Poor Ron Paul. You know, as nice and genteel as he is, he's probably raising his hands. Uh, Guys, I tried three times. I tried three times to run for president of this country with the same ideological bent that Javier Mille has, and there was just a collective yawn, and we voted instead for John McCain and Mitt Romney. Excuse me, I can't say we. I voted for Ron Paul. Republicans chose John McCain and Mitt Romney over Ron Paul. But anyway, you want to talk about a ringing endorsement for libertarianism? It came from a very unlikely source. This is Klaus Schwab at the World Economic Forum. You have this anti-system movement What we are seeing is a revolution against the system. So fixing the present system is not enough. Now there is, of course, an anti-system which is called libertarianism, which means to tear down everything which creates some kind of influence of government into private lives. (laughs) Did did you hear that? This is Klaus Schwab bemoaning the fact, oh, there's this weird group of people out there, libertarians. They don't just want to fix the system. They want to abolish the system that gives us some kind of influence on people's private lives. I don't think really I could have even said it better to really give you the dichotomy between what a Republican Democrat are versus what a libertarian is, at least in philosophy. I'm going to talk a little bit about Javier Mille in just a second, but for the libertarian, see, I don't want to fix the FBI. I don't want to fix the CIA. I don't want to fix the IRS. I don't want to fix the ATF. You understand, these things should be pulled out root and stem and thrown on the dustbin of history. They're not for reform, and we have tried this for how many years now? At least the last good 100 years. I know a lot of these three-letter agencies are fairly new. The CIA isn't even 100 years old yet. I don't know how old the NSA is. Uh, These things haven't been around for a long time, but you don't hear Republicans talking about ending these things. You hear them talking about, we're going to get some good people in there. Uh, Donald Trump, the best we can hope for, right? No, he's going to wreck the deep state like he did the first four years. Anyway, uh, by putting the right people in. We're going to control these institutions, and then we're going to take revenge on the other side who used these institutions against us for four years. Now we're going to take control of them and use it against them. Guess what's going to happen in four more years? Anyone? 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 See, that's the very different. Uh, Klaus Schwab understands what libertarians are for. It's what he's really scared of. He doesn't mention conservatives or liberals or Republicans or Democrats. He's not worried about those people. He's worried about the people that are anti-system. 
And that's exactly where people like myself fall. To talk about Javier Mille, look, you know, I am somebody, as I've said it a thousand times, I'm going to say it again, I don't fall in love with politicians. My favorite thing about the election of Javier Mille in Argentina is that the people there had finally had enough where they're going to, they voted to do something very drastic, which is fundamentally change their entire system to just really take a chainsaw to it. As a matter of fact, Javier Mille during his campaigns would carry a chainsaw. Afuera! I think that, isn't that the word? I think that's the word he used for what he's going to abolish anyway. But I don't fall in love with these people. And I, I, I am hearing the good, the bad, and the ugly about Javier Mille. Now, I don't want a sour. I want a, I want a little taste of the white pill. I want to think that somewhere in this world there is an honest human being who is not just pandering to people, but it will actually get things done and maybe take a country and make it more free. I'm really not sure the last time we saw that. You know, really, I haven't even thought about this with inside my head until I just said that out loud. Can I think of a time in the modern, modern America? I mean, I guess you can consider Russia being more free than the Soviet Union. So, yeah, there's an example. All of the communist countries that fell apart, those people are probably more free. But that was, a, you know, that was a, it was a collapse of the system. It wasn't necessarily people choosing someone new. So, anyway, Javier Mille on his first day in office. Javier Mille's first act as president on his first day in office of Argentina, he signed an executive order that reduced Argentinians' government departments from 21 to 9. He got rid of about 60% of the cabinet positions, to equate them to what it is here, in his first few hours in office. Can you even imagine? <laughs> Can you even imagine a Republican or a Democrat that took a hatchet to government like that? Now, look. I love the idea with this. I, I'm so suspicious and so jaded and so cynical that I'm thinking, I wonder if he just absorbed their functions. You know what I mean? Like, is he playing some kind of a game? Is it possible that he actually reduced the size of at least this portion of their federal government in Argentina by 60% in a few hours? I don't know. We'll see. This guy has all the credentials. Javier Mille has all the credentials to be a real change maker in Argentina. But I've also heard unconfirmed reports that he's hired, I think it was a J.P. Morgan guy, to head his central bank that I thought he was abolishing. Just today, I saw something that said that Javier Mille, this libertarian guy who was elected to run Argentina, has backtracked and is joining the Paris Climate Agreement. Now, unconfirmed again. But I got to tell you, this is why I don't fall in love with politicians. He's got the best rhetoric of any national politician that's been on the scene, maybe since I've been an adult. But I don't care about rhetoric anymore. I don't care. You know, Ron Paul had that kind of rhetoric, and he backed it up with everything he did in Congress. Thomas Massey has that kind of rhetoric, and he backs it up with everything he does in Congress. But for just a politician that really I don't have a record on exactly what they've done, for them to say a bunch of great stuff, I love that it... It showed in Argentina the people were crying out for freedom, but do I trust the guy to actually pull it off? No, no, I don't. He has got an awful lot to prove down there. So we'll see. Like I said, it's the good, the bad, and the ugly. If The dangerous thing to Klaus Schwab and to you know Republicans and Democrats here in this country, if we ever 
if we ever had an actual, really free market, freedom-based government on this in this world, we would see such level of prosperity so fast that Republicans and Democrats would realize, uh-oh, the jig is up. You know what I mean? Somebody did it. It was kind of like Florida in COVID. Florida shut down for what? Maybe a couple of weeks and then they reopened and all of a sudden everybody was happy and nobody was dying and their businesses did better. You know what I mean? Because we had Sweden was another one. You know, the whole world in the Western world is locking down, losing their collective minds. Sweden's sitting over there going, no, nah, we don't think it's a big deal. Was that Swedish? I think that's Swedish. And, and they showed the entire world, oh my gosh, they left their schools open, they left their subways open, they didn't mask, they didn't socially distance, they, you know, they just lived their lives and they did great. They did better than most other countries. The, the elites hate when there's an actual example of it. The, the only example I could think of similar to that is uh, 1776, the United States, when we had people who actually believed in real freedom actually believed in real free markets, actually believed in minding your own business and not entangling yourself with countries all over the world. And look what happened. Within a couple hundred years, the United States was leapfrogging over countries that had been around for thousands of years. This upstart America came out of nowhere, came out of left field, a ragtag bunch of, of rebels, about 3% of the population of the Colonies, I believe, kicked it off. And the next thing you know, in the blink of a historical eye anyway, you know, 100 years, 150 years, humming on all cylinders, we're, we're you know, we're, the, we're coming from the, the back of the pack, lapping everybody else. Well, so what did we decide to do in the 1900s? Well, we decided to get rid of all, <laughs> all that stuff that worked really well. And we decided to impose an income tax and a bunch of regulations and a bunch of three-letter agencies. We decided to snoop on every, you know what I mean. We're going to build the warfare state. All the things that worked for us for the first 150 years, we decided with the last 75, ah, eh, we don't need to use those anymore. We can, we can improve them. We can make it better. It's not making it better. So we'll see. Javier Mille, he's got this big opportunity. Opportunity to do something. I'm starting to just, I got there's a, there's a, just a, a hint of a bad smell <laughs> coming from Argentina. I think it smells like a rat, but I will reserve judgment. As I said, I want part of the white pill too. All right, I got to take a break. We're going to come back with a couple of other, what I consider might be rats as well. Stick around. I was born a shotgun in my hands behind the gun. I'll make my final stand Yeah And that's why they call me You know, as I started off the show saying, it seems like there's a lot of things going on without anything really happening, right? Nothing's really changing our lives. Cost of living still high. Homes are still unaffordable. The stock market is defying all gravity. I saw somebody accusing, I think it was Robert Kiyosaki on social media. He, he's put out some doomsday prediction, and they said he has predicted 40 of the last two recessions, <laughs> meaning he's always. And I thought to myself, I think that's me. I don't know if I've called 40 recessions for the last two, but it's probably in the, it's in the double digits, I'll put it that way. So I understand that. But one of the things that was going on this past week, Alex Jones has been returned back to Twitter. And I absolutely support that as I support free speech 
even speech I disagree with. And I'm not saying I disagree with Alex Jones. He's, he's a mixed bag to me. I believe he sold his soul a little bit over the past five, six years, changed on some things I was surprised about. I think he's, I'll be honest, I think he's making some money. He's, he's saying things now that he didn't used to say when he was, you know, really kind of deep, dark, alternative media, since he's, since he's been embraced by some in the political class, I'll just put it that way, feels like maybe he's become a team player a- anyway. But there was a there was a, uh, a Twitter, what do they call those things, spaces, or I think it's spaces, right? They all got together, and it was like Vivek and Tucker and Alex Jones and maybe Elon Musk and I, I can't remember, uh, Roger Stone. Yuck. There's a big, big group of people, and, you know, a lot of people got very excited about this. I love to see alternative media and every voice out there amplified, and all of those people I just mentioned all say some very interesting things. I just, I want to see some action. You know, I want to see it actually work. I just, I still don't see this, this great uprising in uh, 2024 that just really dramatically changes the course of the ship that we are on. I've got a interesting theory about that that I read, not that I came up with that I'm going to share with you on some show in the near future. But anyway, so there's all these conservative people and, you know, right wing. I don't know. I don't, how do we label these people anymore? I really don't even know because I don't know what is the right wing, what's the left. You know, left wing is a little more easy to identify. I'm not sure what right wing. I mean, I'm not sure what conservative means anymore. There's so much flip-flopping and hypocrisy in just about every corner of the political spectrum outside of some true principled people out there that it's kind of hard for me to tell. But one of the new saviors, or no, I don't want to say savior, one of the new stars of the right, kind of the anti-establishment right, has been Dana White. He is the guy that runs the UFC, started it. I have a tremendous amount of respect for this guy. I mean, he took the UFC from nothing to something huge. And I'm entertained by UFC fights. I like mixed martial arts. I'm still constantly amazed that these guys and gals can get into that ring and it looks like they are trying to kill each other. Have you watched these fights when they go down to the mat and somebody is there to the point where it looks like they're about to submit? It doesn't stop them. They will take the side of their hand or their elbow and smash this person's face until the ref dives in and stops this. It is one of the most brutal sports you'll ever see. And what happens at the end of it, nine times out of ten? The fighter that just got his butt beat to a bloody pulp will get up and hug the guy that was just bashing him over the head. Because they understand it's a sport and they're not going to carry it. I just... That takes a lot. I gotta t- I've been punched in the face a couple of times, and I'm fine with the people who did it in, in hindsight now. But at the time, i got to tell you, I didn't shake a whole lot of hands. Anyway, Dana White, he is one of the new kind of right-wing voices out there. Well, he's got a new message for the right, and I want to see how this resonates. This was him talking to Tucker Carlson. Let me tell you what. If you consider yourself a patriot, right, you're a patriot, you should be drinking gallons of Bud Light. Believe me when I tell you. Wait, wait, wait. I should be boycott, I should be boycotting Bud Light. Gallons of Bud Light. You should have Bud Light drums stacked up in your garage and drinking it right out of the keg. Uh-huh. They are way more aligned with you than most of these other beer companies are. 
That I guarantee you. Take it from somebody who's in the know, who does business with beer companies. You are way more aligned with Bud Light than you are with so I'm any assuming, other beer company. I mean, they didn't come into partnership with you by accident. No. Obviously. We but had multiple bidders they, on they the table. Did they seek you out? We had multiple bidders on the table. They were one of them. And as I, you know, history has shown me with relationships that I've had with other beer companies, I, who lean more this way, yep. I, who consider myself a patriot, I don't go crazy over the whole patriot thing, but I consider myself a proud American. I'm happy to be an American. I love this country. And you are way more aligned with Anheuser-Busch than you are with other beer companies. So, you what, if- there you go. <laughs> that, that's the new pitch. So I, I was kind of curious about that. I've enjoyed watching the Bud Light backlash. You know, I, it's one of the few things that really that we can control, and it seems to have had some staying power. Well, it'll be interesting to see because you understand Dana White is also a big buddies with anyone, 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 Donald Trump. I'm kind of I'm, I'm waiting to see. Is Donald Trump going to come out and tell us, much like uh, Hillary Clinton was lock her up until he was elected, and then he said, oh, look, they're good people. She's been through enough. You, we remember that. Is he going to come out and say, look, Bud Light, great American company, even though they're owned by, what, InBev out of Spain now? But I was kind of curious. Boy, Dana White's really pushing that Bud Light. I knew he had made a deal, but does anybody know what this sponsorship was worth to the UFC? Well, I looked it up. This is October 25th. The UFC is back in business with Anheuser-Busch after inking a new deal to once again make Bud Light the official beer of the promotion with the sponsorship reportedly worth over $100 million. $100 million. Now, the reason that I play this, I'm not, you know, he's created a fantastic company. He wants to make a bunch of money. This is a way to make a bunch of money. None of it really bothers me. But what's, uh, what I think is important to understand is not just Dana White. This was a pretty easy one to look up, right? That's a big business headline that somebody got a $100 million contract from the company whose core, previously their core uh, consumer was like a UFC crowd. And they just spit in their face. And that crowd said, oh, yeah, hold my beer. <laughs> and Bud Light has been sitting on the shelves ever since. But it's, so it's pretty easy to look up. I knew when I researched this, when I heard this clip, I said, well, I'm going to see how much that contract's worth. I knew that I would be able to easily find it. And, and you know, there's, it's going to be in the Wall Street Journal. It's going to be all over the mainstream. People pay attention to big business deals like that. What The reason I bring this up is because it's the deals we don't know about. Whether you have a hero on the right or the left, anybody that you may be, and you hear them saying something, and at first, you, it hits you and you go, well, that's weird. I didn't think that's what they'd say. But because I like them so much, maybe I'm the one that's wrong. And you start trying to, you know, kind of reconfigure your brain. I'd say one of the biggest things about it is suddenly all the anti-war Republicans are cheering on this bombing campaign by the Israelis and not stopping to think, oh, yeah, that's right. Isn't it APAC that donates all of this money? Wasn't Sheldon Adelson, the largest contributor to the Republican Party in 2016 and 2020, and Sheldon Adelson is a Jewish man, which is fine. He's an Israel first guy. Excuse me, was an Israel first guy. He's passed away. Yeah, that's fine, too. He's got his heritage. But maybe that—do you think that maybe because this 
Israel First oligarch was the largest contributor to the Republican Party in 2016 and 2020. Do you think that maybe influences their position on the Israeli issue? Is that something maybe you should consider yourself when you listen to endless streams of Republicans, even the ones you like, standing rock solid with Israel? Do you ever stop and go, is he doing this because he really believes that Israel is a vital ally of ours in the Middle East, or could it have anything to do with the fact <laughs> that Sheldon Adelson gave, it was something like $140 million to Donald Trump and the Republican Party in 2016. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say, I think that has something to do with it. So pretty easy to see why Dana White is out trying to convince patriots to start drinking Bud Light again, right? He's got 100 million reasons to do it. The other people who try to convince you of things that maybe maybe itch your brain just a little bit when you first hear them, maybe you should consider there's some backroom deals that won't be reported in the Wall Street Journal that won't end up on, uh, this was MMA fighting that I looked at to find this contract. Those things won't be in the press, but I guarantee you, there is some money flowing behind the scenes, whether you're on the right or the left, whoever your hero is, your right wing or left wing talking head that you think is always right about everything. I mean, Sean Hannity wears a CIA lapel pin. I don't think it's just because he's in love with the CIA. <laughs> I don't think he just really thought it brought out the color of his eyes. There's a reason that he would wear that lapel pin. I don't know if he still does or not. I try not to look at him. But there's a lot of people who got a lot of motives, and I think they're tricking a whole lot of people. Got to take a break. Be right back. A little bit of loneliness, a little bit of disregard, handful of complaints, but I can't help the fact that everyone can see these scars. What I want you to want, what I want you to feel, but it's like no matter what I do, I can't convince you to just believe this is real. So let go, watching you, turn your back like you always do, face away and pretend that I'm not, but I'll be here because you're all that I got. All right, we are back. This is the Mike Madison Show, 103.9 WYAB. The show has taken on kind of a theme. I didn't even anticipate from the show. And I think I would title this something like the, the seen and unseen motives of people. And, and you have to be, you, you really have to stop and think, what might motivate someone to try to make me believe X, Y, or Z? Now, you can look at my paychecks from WYAB <laughs> or anything else in my per personal life and understand, well, there's I ain't getting a whole lot of chicks from this, and I ain't making a whole lot of money. So my motivation is bizarre, to say the very least. But, you know, with Dana White, I get it. I really do. I understand where he's coming from. I respect what he's built, and I understand a $100 million contract will make you go out and say things, even if you don't really believe it, but, you know, no harm, no foul. What's the big deal if he gets Bud Light, you know, back into the mainstream? You know what I mean? It's not really, not an earth-shattering deal. I, I understand his, his thinking. Some people I can't understand because they don't seem to have a financial or any other motive, but uh, I start with this one. I ran across a tweet by Chaya Rychik. I don't, I may be butchering that name. She is the woman who started the libs of TikTok, which I, which I think is a genius idea. She's, I think she's probably made a lot of money. She's gained a lot of notoriety. No ill will towards the woman from libs of TikTok, but she puts out some pretty funny stuff. Now I will say, I think one of the effects of libs of TikTok has been that it makes it seem like this this 1% of real weird people in our society, it makes it look like everybody on the left is that way. You know what I mean? 
I mean, it's it, but it, it works both ways. You know, liberals will share some really backwoods racist redneck in a Trump hat, and they will make it sound like every single person who likes Donald Trump is a racist redneck. And the same thing happens on the right. They take some of the weirdest, most deranged, most mentally challenged people on the left, and they amplify them through things like libs of TikTok, where everybody thinks, and everybody on the left has lost their mind. They're all a bunch of blue-haired baristas, right? It works both ways. But anyway, she's done well with herself. Maybe I'm just jealous. I, I do so little on anything. I put out a show two hours a week. I podcast it if anybody's interested. I don't advertise. I mean, I'm, I'm a terrible self-promoter. But she put out this tweet, and this is what she said. She said, paper straws should be banned. They are the one of the most idiotic invention. Who agrees? Now, I will say paper straws are stupid. They're a stupid idea to address a stupid alarmist climate ridiculousness. I'm all, I mean, I don't want to use any paper straws or anything, but here's the point I, I wanted to make. Banned? You, you want to ban them. See, this is where people lose me because I see this all over the place, right and left. Yeah, there are a stupid idea born from a stupid, ridiculous climate change scam. But why do we want to ban everything we don't like? Now, I mean, I'm not mad because it's too common on the right. I expect it from the left. But you understand that the translation of banning something is, I want the government to put somebody into a cage for selling something that I think is stupid. Because ultimately, all laws banning something infer the force of government making sure that it's not available to anybody. Now, I, I know I'm making a mountain out of a molehill of a stupid little tweet talking about banning straws, but, it, but it's a mentality that I think needs to be addressed. Every time you want to force something into or out of existence, I saw something they said that they want Bill Gates to be forced to give away all of his land to the farmers. You know what that is? That's communism. I don't like Bill Gates owning this property. There's all kinds of ways we could have stopped him by not printing out a bunch of funny money and letting him get his, his uh, beak in the trough as it comes out. Or maybe not manifesting this ridiculous clot shot they came out with as he invests in pharmacological technology. There's all kinds of ways to stop Bill Gates. Just taking stuff from him because you don't like him, that's communism. I'm just, telling, I'm just encouraging people to think. But I wanted to play these two clips. When I talk about, I don't understand the motivation of people. I hope I've got time to play these things and do them justice. Yeah, I think I do. What you're going to listen to, HOAs. And what I'm talking about here, to carry my theme of the show through to the end, is I don't understand what motivates some people. Uh, people who, busybodies in homeowners associations. I've had my dealings with these people. I absolutely have, so maybe this is a bit personal, but the petty control freaks that often occupy these. Now, I've also been on the board. I was vice president of an HOA. Now, this was before, this was actually back when I was kind of a law and order, neocon, Kool-Aid drinking Republican. But I, even then, I was on the HOA and I looked at a lot of the policies and I went, this isn't really nice to our neighbors. Don't we want to be friends with our neighbors? There were all these warning letters going out to people. I said, can we not just drop them a postcard and say, hey, we noticed X, Y, or Z. When you get a chance, take care of it. If you got any questions, call us, something like that. Instead of sending out a three-page legal document. You know, and I changed some things on the HOA, but I didn't even really know why I was doing it. Just intrinsically, I don't like to treat people like garbage. Here is a, 
Here's audio of what you're going to hear originally here. These are uh, UPS people going to the stoop of a house. One drop off of packages. Here comes another UPS guy. He drops off more packages. Oh, my gosh, he's come back. Now he's got another bundle of packages for this person's home. Now here comes the HOA. Hey, bro. Um, so I'm part of the HOA, the Homeowners Association. Um, you know, I keep track of the neighborhood, making sure people are doing the things they need to do. Yada, yada, yada. Um, you have like a ton of packages on your porch, right? You know, HOA code says you're not supposed to have this many packages on your porch. You can order as much as you want. Gee, but thanks. you can't keep them on your front porch like you are. They've been here all day. I've been watching this literally from my house down the street, two doors down, left side, blue house, all day. All day. They've been right here. I don't want to look at them. They're ugly. <laughs> Just bring them in the house. Yeah. Now, these packages are actually on this man's porch right next to a wall. They're not sitting out in the front of the yard, in the middle of the yard. They're not sitting out in the street. They are actually by this man's door, pressed up against a wall next to his front door. But this guy, what motivates people like this? This guy says he's been watching them all day. He's not done. I don't get it. They've literally been here all day. I don't get it how you have so much money. You just order stuff nonstop. <sighs> really starting to piss me off. So, because of this, because I'm quite upset as of right now, um, you are getting a fine for this, for having all these packages on there. It's $25 per package. So, you have this one. One, two, three... Four, five. So five times 25, that's $125. Fine. Yeah, because they've been on your porch longer than six hours. That's the rule. You know what it is. Anyways, so I'll bring the fine by in a little bit. You can pay with cash, check, card, basically whatever. If you have any questions, just let me know. Okay, thanks. Holy cow. Holy cow. What is wrong? This is his neighbor. He tells him where his house is. I'm on the blue house right down the street. The, the, the pack, I don't need to recount what he just said. This is what motivates. See, this guy, I don't get his motivation. Abused as a child. I, mean, I bet his wife just nitpicks him to death. So he's got to, you know, he, he kowtows to his wife. No offense, ladies. He kowtows to his wife. So he's looking to find somebody he can boss around somewhere where he's got a little bit of power. And this is it. The packages on his neighbor's doorstep. I'm going to take a quick break because I'm going to come back. There's another one of these things. <laughs> they're just too, they're too great to not share. I'll be right back. Maybe I'm the one, maybe I'm the one who is a schizophrenic psycho, yeah. Maybe I'm the one, maybe I'm the one who is a schizophrenic psycho. All right, I don't have very long left. And look, I, you know, I enjoy bashing a good HOA. HOAs could serve a good port. I could do a whole show on HOAs. Maybe I will. But before any of you out there go, well, I see these are those leftist, left-wing busybodies. I told you, I've dealt with these HOAs in Madison, Mississippi. 
I lived in a neighborhood where they actually referred to these people as the, should I name the subdivision, Nazis. And they lived up to their names. Here, here's another one of these examples of an HOA board member taking task. This guy dared to have a trailer in front of his house for a couple of days. Gotta love the ring doorbell these days with all the video. I gotta say, I'm enjoying it. He's shaking his head. All right, I know you're not gonna answer the door of a trailer that's parked right outside over here, and it's been here for three days, okay? You're not allowed to have a trailer parked in your yard or in your driveway, sir. It's against the rules. And he came over here several times, and you've been notified. If this trailer is not removed from your driveway, you will be fined. And if you refuse to pay the fine, you will have a lien put against your home. Do you understand me, sir? I am so tired of you breaking the laws. When you moved into this community, you knew there was a HOA and you've agreed and you signed the papers. So therefore, you have to move this trailer or you will be fined. It's on you, sir. I am so tired of coming over here and dealing with you. <laughs> just abide by the rules which you signed when Obey. you first moved in this neighborhood. Do it or you'll be fined. I am tired of coming over here. That's it. No more. <laughs> Maybe I'm getting punked. Somebody, somebody tell me there's not human beings who actually act like this. Actually, no. I've already met some of them. I've lived amongst these people. To you control freaks out there, listen to the beginning of the show where I said, get a sense of humor. You're killing yourself. You're, you're bugging the crap out of us, and you're killing yourself. You're all going to die early, and if you don't change your ways, we might not be too upset about that. That's all the time I got. I'll talk to you tomorrow. A uh, Bye-bye.